And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Out of Limits of the Truth Radio Show. OutofLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, our featured guest is making his third appearance, and third appearance in a year was pretty unusual because he's very insightful, and he's going to break down what states and communities to do can do to resist the COVID tyranny. So it is a brief interview, but there's a lot of great insight. And I would like to read a quote from you right now from President John F. Kennedy, which is, in the long history of the world, only a few generations have been granted the role of defending freedom in its hour of maximum danger. He's referring to you. He's referring to me. This is our generation's biggest battle. It's probably the biggest battle in the history of humanity. And we need to unite with like-minded others for peace as soon as possible. And one of the best ways that you can do this is by seizing upon the golden opportunity, which is known as the mask mandate. Because you'll probably walk in stores and you'll find those one or three individuals that are not wearing a facial diaper. And you walk up to those people and you start a conversation with those people. And I guarantee you're going to have instant rapport. I know I do. And I talk to these people and they're from all different backgrounds all over the place. A lot of these individuals, I believe, are waking up for the very first time. But it is fantastic. And when you see the passion that these people, these chosen few, have in their eyes, you know, there's that tendency to get hopeful about the future. Because I believe that a tireless minority can overcome this collective idiocy and who knows where the herd's going to go so hopefully uh we can stand strong let us begin tonight's program welcoming back to the show for the third time is brandon smith founder of alt market and uh, i would call him a very distinctive teacher and leader leader because i think that his perspectives are, are very strong and he's really galvanizing a lot of people within the freedom movement. And a lot of his articles get shared on a regular basis in places like LewRockwell.com, Activist Post. To learn more about Brandon by going to his website at alt-market.us. Brandon, welcome back for round three. Thank you for being with us. Oh, thanks for having me back. <laughs> My pleasure. I feel bad. I called Brandon on Saturday morning in the middle of Saturday morning cartoons because I uh, as soon as what was going on last week, I was like, I have to talk. To, we have to talk to Brandon because it's it's like the tyranny is ratcheting up, but it ratchets up pretty quickly because you wonder if there's going to be a pushback. And I'm referencing to the fact that the president of the United States decided that, well, his patience is wearing thin. And if you're not going to get this, you know, experimental injection into your system, you might as well have a target on your back. And it, it did not really sound very pleasant and it kind of echoed what some of these other tyrants are saying so based on what you know about history where we are right now are we at that point where we're just about to see um, the, uh, the the tyranny really ratchet up where they're going to start pulling people out of their houses where they're going to start calling child protective services and pulling your kids away if you do not get uh, this COVID vaccine 
Uh, I think in blue states, yes, I think that that is the next step. And uh, I don't have to, we really don't have to look um, very far to see what our future will be if we don't take action. And, and all we have to do is look across the ocean at Australia and New Zealand, because I think that is our intended future if uh, we do, do not organize and unify to fight back against this. Um, Australia right now is, is basically a dystopian nightmare, and it's just getting worse and worse as the months go by. Um, I, I mean, they have those people, millions of people on lockdown over a handful of infections, not even deaths, but just infections. And uh, Australians have essentially lost all of their freedoms. I mean, at least the ones that are in the major, major uh, populated areas. I can't believe how tyrannical it is, and I can't believe how they haven't stood up. Do you think that if they had guns, it would be a different story, or do you think it's just maybe the mentality of the people in certain places? I absolutely think that uh, the um, population being disarmed is one of the main reasons why they've been able to do what they've done in uh, those countries. And I think it's why they've chosen... Uh, Australia and New Zealand as sort of a beta test for what they want to do with the, the rest of the Western countries because those those countries have been almost completely disarmed. Um, they have to be a little more piecemeal and incremental in the United States. Um, they're kind of tiptoeing the tyranny in here because uh, they don't want a mass reaction, an organized mass reaction in the United States. They They want to try to get as many people sort of uh, incrementally vaccinated and uh, on board with the passports as possible before I think they before they go full bore on the tyranny. But um, they're also on a time, I believe they're on a time constraint. I believe they have to get 100% vaccination in the United States uh, soon, probably within the next year. Um, and I, I believe the reason that they are in a rush is because uh, the vaccines will have negative uh, after effects, that there may be autoimmune disorders or possibly infertility involved with these vaccines. And if they don't get 100% vaccination, that will mean there will be uh, you know millions of people who are a control group or who act as a control group. And those people will be proof that the vaccines are dangerous. Uh, if they can get 100% vaccination of the American populace, then they can blame those side effects on anything. They could blame those side effects on COVID itself. But if there's a control group that hasn't been vaccinated, then those people will be proof that the vaccines are the cause. Okay. In our country right now, I mean, I think we're at a talked to a couple of teachers and they said well look you can show people all the truth you want and it doesn't matter anymore they're not thinking rationally they're not thinking critically so let's say hypothetically speaking we get to this point where there is a distinctive control group people who haven't gotten vaccinated and there's an abundance of proof that shows that people who haven't gotten vaccinated are actually okay even if you showed it to people who are vaccinated i don't even know if they would even realize it at this point and i there were i remember seeing this on on Twitter earlier, apparently one of the mainstream media posted something, hey, share some of your stories about your negative reaction with COVID, and people were sharing their negative reaction with the vaccine, and it's pretty amazing. So, like, the truth, I think, is trying to get out there about some of these people's reactions, but 
Do you think that there'll be the one collective consensus moment? If is it even possible when you have so many people that will refuse to look at things from a logical perspective that they are completely immersed in fear? Well, you know, you have to remember that uh, not all of the people that are taking the vaccines are doing so because they want to. Um, they're doing so involuntarily because they want to keep their jobs and they're afraid of losing their livelihoods. Or they're part of the federal government or they're part of the military and they believe that they're going to be required to in order to, um, you know, maintain their their position in those uh, institutions. So uh, there's that. Not everyone is a, uh, you know, hardcore vaccine cultist. Um, you know, I think those people are actually a much smaller percentage of the population. Um, other people, I mean, they just decided to trust the system because they don't know any better and they haven't been given the facts uh, you know, they watch mainstream news. They they don't hear the information that and see the information that we see. So um, I think that once those people start to see either themselves or the people around them getting uh, uh, or having autoimmune disorders, or possibly becoming sterile from these vaccines, as uh, many vir virologists have warned against. Uh, for this for this mRNA technology, once they see that, I think they're going to want answers. I think they're going to start asking questions, and they're going to want answers about uh, you know why this is happening, and if there is a control group of people who uh, did not take the vaccine and aren't having these problems, that will answer their questions for them, and that's not what the uh, globalists want. Well, good. I hope uh, they can get completely upstage. The last time we spoke was a few months ago, and here we are now, and part of our last conversation, we were discussing the military, about whether or not members of the military would take this. And it seems like you've had a lot of, a lot of people in the military that are refusing to get vaccinated. They want to basically, you know, either quit. Are, are you expect, based on what you're seeing now, compared to a few months ago, is the reaction and the pushback as strong as you had hoped for, or, or had you hoped to see more? And do you think that because the military is, is still one of the most respected institutions left in the U.S., that it'll probably set precedent for other people, like firefighters, policemen, and other areas based on how members of the military respond to these vaccine mandates. Uh, as far as the military, it's hard to say. I'm still seeing it looks like, I mean, these are these are mostly uh, polls run by, uh, you know, groups that are, close to the establishment or that are the establishment. And so it's hard to say if the numbers are accurate or, or not, but we're still seeing just the mainstream numbers, at least 30% of uh, these uh, the troops are not interested in getting the vaccine and say they're not going to take it. So that's a really large percentage, especially for a group of people that are under so much pressure and, uh, you know, have essentially given a lot of their rights away by signing on to the military. So, you know, they're, ta they're taking quite a risk uh, by, by refusing the vaccines, um, more so than, you know, federal workers or, <clears throat> or hospital workers. Those people would just get fired, but these people could have more stringent punishments. So, um, you know, that's a big deal. I think that if uh, you know, one solution to that, I think, would be if 
red states or red counties offered uh, a kind of asylum for uh, U.S. soldiers that went AWOL from the military uh, over, uh, you know, vaccine refusal, then you would see a lot more uh, U.S. soldiers refuse. Brandon, as of right now, in New York and Los Angeles, they are implementing that vaccine passport. And instead of seeing the mass protests like we do in these other countries, like Italy and France, people kind of just go right along with it. Not surprising. But because that has happened already, because there's precedent for this to happen, because people have not resisted, does that give an indication of bad things to come for the rest of the states? Do you think other states will try to do it unless there's a hard resistance? I mean, does it alarm you, or is this something that you probably weren't surprised about? Well, I, I wouldn't say there's no resistance because I, you know, I have seen uh, reports that uh, sheriffs um, in and around L.A. Uh, are refusing to enforce the passports. So there is that. And then, um, you know, uh, in terms of if you're talking about New York City, I wouldn't expect much resistance in, in places, hard left cities like that. But uh, if you if you try to if they try to implement this in any kind of, a, you know, conservative county or conservative state, you're going to see huge amounts of resistance. And I just don't know how uh, Biden expects that this will, or or his handlers expect that this will go over, it, it, especially in a red state or a red county. It's just not going to happen. Um, you know, he would have to have boots on the ground in order to enforce this. And I don't know who's going to do that job. Uh, I don't know who would want who would want to do that job. Because the second you put boots on the ground, those pe- those people become targets, and uh, you know I I just don't know who would want to do that job. Um, so I, I don't know who he's going to send to enforce this. It, 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 I'm interested to find out what the plan is going to be. Um, I think mainly what will happen is you you'll see mass resistance, especially in red states and even red counties in uh, blue states such as in Oregon. We've already seen uh, Oregon declared that they were going to be doing the, the uh, vaccine passports um, unilaterally without any kind of legislative vote. Um, you know, nobody got to vote on that. They just decided that was going to be a rule. It's not a law, it's a rule. Um, but half the counties in Oregon or more have said, no, we're not going to do the passports. And, uh, you know, we might even secede and join uh, join with Idaho because we don't like you. <laughs> you know, so, That's awesome. so there's there's a lot of resistance out there. And the reason you're not seeing protests, mass protests right now is because through most of the country, uh, the people are just ignoring the mandates, and most businesses are ignoring the mandates as well. Now, if you live in a blue, uh, like a hard left uh, county or city, um, then you might get the impression that there are uh, hard restrictions everywhere, uh, you know, across the entire country, because that's the way it is where where you live specifically. Um, that is not the case. If you travel a hundred miles or so away from where you live and you take a look around, I think you'll find that there's way less people wearing masks and hardly any businesses trying to enforce these mandates. That's good. It's kind of interesting because 
I'm glad you're bothered because you don't see that in other countries. I mean, I guess Italy, I mean, Australia completely shut down. You don't see parts of Australia, I guess, are resisting, at least in the U.S. But I'm glad there are portions and pockets of our country, maybe even sizable portions, that are not going to tolerate this. When I was at this Ron Paul Peace and Prosperity Conference a few weeks ago, it was very somber, somber because I guess everyone there was looking for that hope. And they were all saying that we're going to have some pretty crazy periods of time ahead. And I have a, I have a two-part question for you. One of them is, what do you envision happening for the next year? And two, one of the speakers at the Ron Paul conference, Judge Andrew Napolitano, was discussing this idea that we're probably going to see a breakup of the U.S. in five different parts. Is that something you foresee happening as well? Uh well, I guess I'll answer the first question. Uh, the next year, uh, I would I would say that they're going to ramp up. They're going to try to ramp up the agenda um, because they're running out of time. Like I said, I, I, I believe they need to get 100% vaccination or close to that within, you know, probably the next year, uh, maybe a year and a half just because they can't have a the existence of a control group of unvaccinated people if the vaccines have negative side effects, which I, I believe they will. I believe that there will be millions of people <clears throat> who have a sudden, uh, you know, rise in, in uh, autoimmune disorders or possibly infertility. I, I do believe that that is the purpose of these vaccines. And, uh, you know, a lot of uh, virology experts and vaccine experts have warned that this may be the case in the near future. So it takes it takes usually a year to two years just to see the signs of autoimmune disorders in a population. Um, it takes a year at least for people to be diagnosed with infertility in most cases. So uh, that's about their timeline. Um, and I think they need to to uh, really speed up the agenda in the next year. I believe that there will be uh, mass resistance to <clears throat> the vaccines and the vaccine passports, especially in conservative states, and that uh, Joe Biden will attempt to force red states to comply by uh, uh, through uh, cutting off federal funds, cutting off federal funding to the states, He'll use economic punishments and penalties in order to try to pressure the red states to comply. So a lot of these uh, red counties, red states, they need to be ready for the potential for Biden to cut off federal funds. Now, of course, the, there are uh, legal precedents against this, but I think at this point we've already seen that the, the globalists, are, they don't care about case law. They don't care about uh, legal precedent. They're just going to barrel forward with this agenda as quickly as possible. So red states need to be ready to take action to uh, fight against that, and I, I can go over that in, in a, a little later. But um, I believe he will try to do that. There are measures that states can take to uh, fight back against that. But ultimately... <clears throat> what will happen, I think, is a, a civil war. There will be a civil war. I think it's inevitable. Um, I think they partially expect it, but I don't think that they expect uh, it to be as large or as organized as I believe it will be. Can you please elaborate on that? 
elaborate on yeah, the, on like the civil how, war. Like, yeah, civil war. How how big it is? Uh, well, if you look at if you look at the state to state numbers for vaccinations, um, not the CDC numbers because those tend to be inflated, <clears throat> but the state to state numbers, it's uh, you know around fifty percent of the population that refuses to vaccinate, which is uh, much larger than I. I ever expected the resistance to be. I always thought, you know, over the over the years, and uh, you know, I've been doing this a pretty long time. Uh, I I figured that we would be lucky to get 10% of the population that would resist. Um, right now, it seems like that's going to be much larger, uh, much larger percentage, at least in in the United States. So, uh, you know, uh, the, I guess the proof is in the pudding. There's at least 20 states that have that are openly defying the the uh, COVID mandates and the vaccine passports. Um, there are uh, a number of counties uh, across the blue states that are refusing to comply. So I would say we, at least half the country is on board with resisting this. Now, people who are actually, you know, willing to fight and put their lives on the line, that's that's another matter. But uh, again, as far as just pure resistance, I see at least half the country doing that, and that's huge. Um, you know, the, in terms of the Civil War, that's, that's uh, I mean, that's a, <laughs> something that, you know, when we get to that bridge, uh, you know, and we cross it, there will be people who have I think the guts and there are people who who talk big but they won't have the guts. I think what the globalists think is that there will be pockets of resistance and that it will be more of a, a something small that they can just say this is these are terrorists um, these are these are small pockets of terrorists uh, and we'll we'll just get rid of them and everyone will call them terrorists and everyone will get vaccinated and then we'll have control. Uh, I think it'll be a lot bigger than what they believe it will be. Awesome. Well, I hope we take them by surprise. And, you know, I was watching those. I mean, I watched uh, former murderer-in-chief uh, Bush II give a speech on September 11th talking about how we have to Go after like the, the people, the, the people, quote unquote, the domestic terrorists on January 6th were the same line or same uh, family as those who attacked us on 9 11. I was like, well, that's pretty disturbing on so many different levels. And I, I almost think that they're kind of psychologically preparing the people or trying to manipulate them for a long period of time to, to expect something like this happening. I wonder what would be the one thing that would kind of unify all people in a way that they haven't been before. I mean, because the, the elites, they always try to divide us by race. They always try to divide us by culture. And I'm wondering, is it is it one thing that's going to kind of unify us that will supersede uh, all the manipulation that is being done has been perpetuated upon us? Is there one thing you think that will finally unify everyone? Uh, well, I think... Uh it's a two-sided thing. I think that, number one, freedom unifies most people, uh, the desire for freedom. Uh, there, there is a small percentage of people that are, you know, sociopaths, psychopaths, narcissists, people who love that the atmosphere of tyranny and they feed on it. And those people won't be on board and, and we wouldn't want them on board anyway. Um, 
but for the majority of people, I think f the desire for freedom unifies regardless of uh, uh, ethnicity, regardless of religious beliefs. Um, I think that there will be a lot of people that will unify in the course of this crisis. The other side of this is uh, uh, crisis and collapse. And, um, you know, a lot of people just, they don't take action. They don't see the, the real threat ahead, like uh, a lot of us do in, in the liberty movement. They don't see it yet. And when they see it, they, they will take action and they will try to, to join with what we're doing. So we have to build that, that skeleton, that framework of a resistance so that there's something for them to uh, uh, climb onto when they're ready. Got it. And one thing I really enjoy reading about your articles, I, I think you always give a bird's eye perspective on how the elites are, are thinking about, because you a lot of people talking about, you know, what, what we're doing and how we're going to focus on this thing. But you also always kind of like kind of get in their shoes and see how they're perceiving us. Uh, I guess this is the final two-part question, and one of them is, do you think at this point that the elites have the upper hand, that, that the winds are shifting in their favor, that they are on the path to winning? And the second thing is, if they're not going to win, if we're going to win, if we're ultimately going to prevail, what do you think would be the one or two signs that we could look for and say, okay, well, this is the moment. This is the moment we can say that you know we, we've got the upper hand. Things are definitely pushing forward. We're, we're going to come out of this okay, or at least we're going to survive this thing and not be ruled by these technocratic tyrants. Uh, I, I don't think that anyone necessarily has the upper hand yet because I don't think the real fight has started yet. I think that it's been what we've seen is the information war up until now. And uh, we are just now sort of inching into the real fight. And the real fight will be, uh, you know, determined probably by force. Uh, first, it will be uh, determined by resistance in terms of decentralization and m more passive measures, uh, people just refusing to comply. And, and then there will be, a, a, I think, a kinetic war, and that's what will, will decide everything. And I think the elites, most of their white papers and their agendas, you have you know, Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, and, and all of these uh, different agendas seem to end uh, in 2030, their plan is to have their new world order or their great reset in place by 2030. So that basically they're planning to have this done and over with in 10, in 10 years or less. So if uh, we um, have effectively resisted and they don't have their agenda, uh, their agenda in place on or before 2030, then that means we are probably winning. Really awesome. Mr. Brandon Smith, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Again, Brandon is a writer, a freedom advocate, and a profound critical thinker. You can learn more about him by going to his website at alt-market.us. And I encourage you to please listen to the previous two shows we've had with Brandon because a lot of his predictions and insights have come true. So I highly recommend you check him out. Brandon, thank you so much. Uh, thank you, and I'm happy to come back anytime. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our unbelievable guest, and special thanks as always to our virtues, 
Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Constance Dallas, and our social producer, Jenny Lamisa. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. And until the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take care and thank you so much for listening.